Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt. I'm your host. And today I have a question for you. Is timing a tool you use? Timing. So, you know, we talk all kinds of tools and resources and tips and and things on this podcast, but timing is a really important one. So I'm going to tell you a story about uh, talking to a leader the other day and and how this timing issue kind of came up and what in the world does this have to do with this podcast? So I'm going to talk about timing, why it's important, when you can kind of learn how to use this, how you can practice with it intentionally, because timing is one of those secret tools that most people don't understand But I can guarantee you that when you truly understand when is the right time to say something versus when is the right time to not say something, um, timing can be your key to success. So let me help you out with this one. Okay. Awesome. Enjoy. All right. So question is timing a tool that you use? I was talking to a leader the other day and he was saying, you know, Michelle, I often know what to do. Uh, I often know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly what my people need to do. Uh, I have no issue with planning. However, sometimes I struggle because I know I need to say something to somebody, but I often say it in the wrong time. And so we were talking through that idea of timing and he says, you know, I have a boss who's excellent at that. He just seems to know when to say something and when not to say something. And so, you know, there's a law that John Maxwell teaches. He calls it the law of timing. And I actually was uh, speaking about that in our Empowered Leaders membership group the other day. And I thought, why not share that with you guys? So is timing a tool that you use? So did you know that uh, the right thing to say and, and that there's a right time to say it, okay? So let me give you an example. I literally just jumped off of doing a keynote with a networking group and we were talking about um, awareness. And people who are at the lower stages of awareness, so there's seven levels of awareness, go le- look for that title in our uh, podcast. And if you haven't already listened to it, just listen to that one. It's a longer one, but I promise it, it will bless you. So those people who are at a lower awareness level, um, the timing issue really comes in knowing when to keep your mouth shut, okay? So when somebody's at a lower level of awareness, they're usually not open to suggestions. They don't like free advice. They don't want somebody telling them what to do. They're really in this mode of, I'm struggling right now and I need somebody to see me, okay? They do not want you talking to them. They do not want you telling them everything's going to be okay because see, in their limited awareness, they know that that's not true. So think of them as this injured animal in the corner. Are you going to sit and try to reason with an injured animal in the corner? No, you're going to be extremely careful about what you do and what you say. And you realize that that animal, you know, they're not operating because they want to attack you just because they have an issue. People who are dealing with things in life and, and right now, especially because, you know, with COVID, there are so many stressors out there. We have people walking around with a lower level of awareness all day long. And 
when you understand that and you can see that and notice that, you'll know saying something now is not the right time to do that. Maybe later when they're a little more open, okay? Also, I think about this too, you know, um, children, as they're, as they're kind of going throughout life, I, I did a training long time ago. This is even before I knew about Stick Chick. I was uh, really into conscious discipline. So if you have children or you're thinking of having children one day, I would highly recommend that you go and you just Google conscious discipline or love and logic. Either one of those are a really great framework to use for this area of, of I guess you could say discipline. Um, but the thing I loved about conscious discipline is that it told you which part of the brain uh, a child was using when they were going through a struggle. So for example, uh, when a child was going through a tantrum, like really struggling, and I mean, honestly, if anybody's ever had a toddler, you know that they can get upset about anything, everything, and nothing, right? Uh, I remember one time when one of the kids, I don't even remember who it was, but one of the kids um, had asked for a snack or something. And I was finishing up some homework and I said, okay, give me one minute. And I literally meant one minute. I just had to click send on an email. Totally lost their mind. Okay. Knock down, drag out fit. That child in that moment was back here in the brainstem and that's where your fight and your flight is. And then your, your limbic system right here, that's where your emotions are and your logical, um, your forebrain, your forehead area, that's where your logic and reasoning are. And so here she, she or he, because I can't remember who it was, could have been all of them at one point, was back in her brainstem. There's no logic or reasoning there, okay? And so in that moment, the timing comes in and says, Okay, right now you're just supposed to support them, make sure they don't hurt themselves or others, okay? Once they calm down and process those emotions and come back to this place, I call it you remember who you are, uh, you remember who you are and you're in that logical t frame of mind, now is the time where we can begin to talk to somebody about what just happened. I think this is really key, especially when you're dealing with children, but also when you're dealing with adults. Because you see, you know, I remember when we were first married, my husband and I went out to, to dinner with my mom and my dad and my brother and sister. And it was just one of those times where we had a much longer than anticipated wait to eat. And it had been many hours since I ate the last time and I could really feel my blood sugar dropping and I got very hangry, you know, when you're, when you're hungry and angry at the same time. And this had been a pattern for me. Uh, my parents knew it. They knew that about me. My, my, he wasn't my husband or fiance at the time. We were still dating, but he didn't quite know this. He just knew he was able to get a rise out of me. And so because he liked that interchange, that, that uh, interaction, he just kept poking me. And my sister said it very succinctly. She's like, man, you need to stop poking the bear because the bear's going to come and fight you. And sure enough, you know, we had an interaction and it wasn't, wasn't pretty. And he's like, what the heck just happened? And later on, when I, after I got something to eat and, you know, we left the family and everything, I said, we need to talk about what just happened because I have a sneaky suspicion that won't be the last time that ever happens in my life. And I need you to understand what's happening, right? And so really the timing of him saying something was not in the middle of my struggle. It was later on 
uh, many years actually, when he was able to pick up on those cues and say, hey, um, here's a snack, <laughs> okay? So timing was really important to that. Um, I also, I think about, I've had the, the pleasure, maybe the joy, uh, the experience at least, of attending many different meetings. And many of these meetings I've been asked to come on and be a consultant, help them walk through, understand meeting dynamics, how to, uh, how to design your meeting, who should be at the meeting, what do you need to cover when you're at the meeting, what's happening underneath the surface with all of these people who are at the table that you might not be able to see. Honestly, it's fun for me. Uh, somebody asked me one time, so you get paid to go around and attend all these toxic meetings? Well, yeah, that's what I get paid for. And they're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't think of anything worse to do. And I said, well, you know, it's different when you're not in charge of it or you're not uh, a participant who has to be there. Totally different perspective. But, you know, what do you, what does this law of timing have to do with when you're in a meeting? Well, there's a couple things I've noticed. First of all, when a meeting is toxic, meaning it's not, uh, it, it's intended positive experience. Oftentimes people will have what's called the meeting after the meeting. And we actually had a, a podcast episode, so I'm going to refer you back to that one. It's called, um, please don't invite me to the meeting after the meeting. Okay. It explains the whole thing. But the meeting after the meeting is where you just had the meeting all together and then you pull somebody aside afterwards and you're like, hey, I want to talk to you about what so-and-so said. That's the wrong time to say what you need to say. If you feel like you need to talk to somebody about what was said in the meeting, you need to say that in the meeting, okay? And I know that that's really hard and I, I get it that why there's all these reasons or, or excuses really about why you didn't say it, but the right timing is in the meeting when something can be done about it, okay? Um, so how about this? Do you know when the right time is to do things? Okay, so not just thinking, not just supporting somebody else, but to do things in your life. So for example, we talk a lot about, um, you know, prioritizing and, and scheduling your priorities, right? Um, are you a person who has deadlines, but you procrastinate until the last minute to do things? Uh, that in the past has been my experience and I'm trying really hard not to go that route. Um, do you know your own energy schedule? Do you know when you have the most energy during the day? I, I have a, a really close friend and he shared with me not too long ago that he's been having anywhere from three to five energy drinks a day. And I was like, oh man, that is not good for you. That's not good for your health. I said, can we just talk about why? What's going on? And, and long story short, he said, mid-afternoon, I just get such a low. And I said, you're up before I am. I'm up at five every morning and you're already done with your workout by then. What do you expect at three o'clock in the afternoon? You're going to have a low. I said, so what are some other things that might give you energy that you can uh, replace those energy drinks with? I don't know. Go set your timer for a 20 or 30 minute nap right? Or, or do some meditation. Or if you know a friend really gives you good energy, how can you, you know, have a conversation with that friend at that time? So looking at timing, there are certain times of day that are better for certain things for you. You need to know that about yourself. For me, I know I have the most productive time in the morning. Uh, from five until noon, 
I am so creative, the juices are flowing, things are going, okay? Anytime afternoon, you're starting to get a little less of the good of me, okay? However, there's certain things that I know that the timing of the day really helped me. Having coaching appointments in the afternoon energizes me, I love that. Uh, having yeah, events in the evening, typically they're, they're videos or live experiences these days, uh, but having those events in the evening with, when I'm with other people, that also gives me energy. Okay, so timing, do you know what your timing is like? Okay, timing is actually key to success. So I want you to, instead of start asking, you know, what should I be doing or how should I be doing it? I want you to start asking, when do I need to be doing those things and see what happens? I had somebody at a training the other day said, Michelle, how in the world can you handle you know, uh, owning two, two businesses, finishing up your, your PhD dissertation, having three kids, your husband's home, you know, working now from home. How do you handle all of that? And I said, that's pretty easy. I do things one thing at a time. Okay. But I know when to do them. So I've crafted my schedule based on my timing and now I'm more efficient. I also know that there are certain times when I'm not going to get as much done. So, you know, if you were to look at my calendar, you would see that just about every school day, the three to four o'clock hour is blocked out because that's when the kids come home. And I've realized over the years, why in the world am I expecting me to get anything done during that time? So, you know, timing is key because if I was trying to get stuff done during that three to four o'clock hour, I would be frustrated, my kids would be frustrated, and it would make the rest of the time not as good. So is timing a tool that you use or is it even something that you think about? I don't know. Check in with yourself and see what you can find out. Okay. Awesome. So with that, I, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.